Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. All right, guys, in today's podcast, Matt and I are going to be talking a little bit about coronavirus, okay? A lot of folks have a wide range of emotions about how it's being handled, about the way the media is looking at it, about the way governments across the world are handling it, and we'd like to sort of just uh, talk about it a little bit and sort of, you know, see where our minds are at on this whole thing. So, um, you know, it would be... I believe wrong to say that the coronavirus is absolutely zero threat. I mean, it's obviously a threat. Uh, It's a pretty gnarly type of flu. Okay. And in this video or in this podcast, rather, uh, we're certainly not trying to say that we're, you know, scientists or anything like that. So don't take it that way. This is not meant to be medical advice or or anything like that. Uh, We're mainly just trying to look at it under the scope of the way that the media uh, is taking this and ran with it and the way it's being politicized. And um, and talk about a few things, but what do you think, Matt? I mean, this whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, really it's again, like Eric said, we're not uh, subject matter experts on you know infectious diseases. We're not scientists. We're not you know anything of the sort. But what we're trying to do is try to give you guys an idea of of what it's like to be a normal person with all this different information being thrown at you from all these different media outlets. I mean, you have uh, left media, right media, uh, libertarian media. You have, you know, minimalist information being put out. You have a lot of information that's being uh, over-embellished. In my experience, from what I've seen and from the information that I've heard, um, we've heard it both ways. We've heard people react to it uh, very minimally and say, hey, it's nothing. It's just like another version of the flu, um, which it, it, it is. Uh, and then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where people are just really, really going nuts on, you know, over preparing and getting all this stuff. It is a pandemic, yes, but I don't think it's a pandemic in a sense that it's uh, super, super deadly. It's really um, deadly to uh, a certain subset of people, which happens to be older ed- elderly people or people with um compromised immune uh, com- uh immune systems if you're um just a regular healthy person i don't think you have as much to worry about as far as symptoms but the pandemic from what i see is the fact that of how contagious it is and how easy it is to spread in the incubation period of 14 days without having any symptoms so really it's weaponizing you as a person to infect other people. Um, And that's something we all have to be mindful of is, you know, what is your responsibility to not spread the disease? So in my eyes, um, my wife is very, very uh, cognizant of uh, the coronavirus. She is from Hong Kong, so it hit Hong Kong very hard. Uh, I'm half Korean. I have a lot of family in Korea. Korea is probably the second hardest hit uh, outside of China. And then you have Italy, which just really went into to lockdown. But we're very cognizant of, you know, the virus itself and how it spreads. And we've taken extreme precautions on our end not to travel. I know I've canceled some travel plans here up in the next uh, couple of days uh, because of that. 
Um, but really just don't listen to the media. There's a lot of misinformation and a lot of, uh, over-preparing and a lot of hype built up around it. So that's just my opinion. And we'll, d- we'll dive more into it, uh, as the episode unfolds. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Brandy and I were at the grocery store earlier, just picking up a couple of things for a shindig that I'm putting together this weekend. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, toilet paper, uh, paper towels, hand sanitizer, yep. uh, you know, disinfectant sprays all of it sold out and notes on the shelf saying hey we're limiting people to three of this or three of that it's like man you know people really let the media get them riled up over stuff and these politicians also use it as a a a choice you know item to politicize and i believe that a lot of it comes down to there are a lot of people that look to the media and they look to what politicians say as gospel Right, and they think, oh well, if a politician said that I should do this, then that's what I should do. And we're sort of programmed as people and as a society, in a way, to just accept that whatever the government tells you, that's what you're supposed to do because the government said so. Right? It goes back to even like the old days of being in in school, right? And your teacher saying you shouldn't do that, and we're always sort of programmed, or at least the expectation is that we're supposed to be programmed to accept that person's authority as gospel and not be a free thinker and think for ourselves and think as individuals. And, you know, human beings have survived for a long, long, long time, okay, without uh, modern medicine. Now, granted, life was definitely harder back in the old days, of course. Very, very so. Yeah, yeah. Life was harder, but, I mean, yes, there was all these these pandemics and all of these, these things that would you know, wipe out large sections of humanity. I mean, look at like, you know, the old days of like the Black Plague and and all of these things. You know, when we say the plague, back in the old days when the plague was around, I mean, yeah, it killed a lot of people, right? And they didn't understand, you know, the transfer of germs and diseases and things back then like we understand it now. So I think that society gets a little bit jaded when they think, oh, well, if I don't have, you know, uh, 90 days worth of toilet paper that it's going to you know further the spreading of this uh, of this virus right well so wait a minute you guys weren't wiping your butts before I, right. I mean come on it's just you know and i noticed too when i was at the uh, grocery store earlier that the baby wipes and stuff weren't sold out people weren't buying baby wipes Baby wipes are going to keep you way cleaner than toilet paper. Would. Yeah, they will. We you lived know, off those things. Oh, man. yeah. Ba- baby wipes are super, super useful. And I think that as long as people just go through the proper type of preparations in terms of, you know, if you handle raw meat, you always wash your hands, right? If you go out and you're digging around the garden or doing some dirty activity, you wash your hands. So just like anything else, I think people, you know, should just take a little bit of extra time to make sure that they're covering their face if they sneeze or cough or something like that. You know, obviously, if you're in a public place, before you eat, wash your hands. Don't Always. touch your face. I mean, it's just simple little things that can prevent the spread of this virus. And I believe that it gets blown completely out of proportion, and people fear by, and they get scared. I mean, I'll admit, like, I bought a little bit extra meat to put in the freezer. You know, I bought a few things I normally wouldn't buy. And is it because I'm really worried that coronavirus is going to do something bad? Uh, no, not really, but... You know, people get into that mob mentality where it's like you see someone else preparing and you think, well, gosh, maybe I should, too. And it it can really, (laughs) you know, be a scary thing to think about. But um, 
I'm not overly worried about it. I, I've been trying my best to be positive and to just look at it uh, from a common sense standpoint. Uh, I guess we could sort of segue into Trump's actions a little bit if you want to take over there. Yeah, and um, just real quick before we jump into that, I just wanted to, you know, my two cents is that, you know, corona is the new normal. Um, it is a very... Uh, and f- a very contagious disease. Guys, it's not going anywhere. We're going to have to learn to live with it. Uh, it's just starting, and there's a lot more people that, that are going to get infected, uh, and it's going to get uh, transferred back and forth between people. It's going to be the new normal. Uh, it, we're just going to have to improvise, adapt, and overcome. We can't stop life as we know it. Um, and I think that, you know, as a whole, there's a lot of businesses and companies out there that are, you know, doing their part. They're closing for two two weeks or three weeks or however long to try to, you know, contain that and, you know, good for them. Uh, that's kudos to you. You're, you guys are really doing the right thing on that, uh, especially with like, uh, you know, restaurants and um, food serving establishments. Um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a really good idea. And to get onto you know, Trump's actions, he's getting a lot of flack for how he downplayed, uh, downplayed the whole coronavirus. And my opinion is that he did the right thing. Um, he did exactly what a good leader is supposed to do. And I'm not, um, you know, advocating, like, I'm not a super pro-Trump and Trump can do no wrong kind of guy. I think I'll, I call it how I see it. And, you know, coming from the military, from, you know, being in combat, when you see your leaders start to freak out and they start to, you know, just ramble about all this stuff, um, you lose confidence and you start to worry but when you see someone that's your leader saying, hey, this is what it is. It's not a huge deal. Um, you know, this, these are the steps we need to take to prevent it. And that's it. Um, it kind of lets puts those that understand what he's trying to do get it. We're like, okay, well, you know, we understand that it's a pandemic, not because of how dangerous it is, but because of how fast it spreads and how, and, and, you know, how quickly it spreads. Yes, that is the pandemic part. Um, but what we have to understand is that, you know, in my opinion, again, he did the right thing. Um, he downplayed it. He played it cool. Uh, I didn't freak out. We understood what was going on. We knew we had to go get, you know, when we went shopping, we grabbed a little bit more. We didn't grab a lot. We didn't go into straight hoarder mode. We already have a pretty good stockpile. And we said, you know, let's just grab an extra bag of rice. Let's grab a couple more cans of beans, you know, that type of stuff just to make sure. But like I said, life's going to go on. You know, it's, it's, this is the new normal. Um, and he got a lot of flack on that. And I don't, I think it's unwarranted. I think, um, you know, that's how any leader that, that's managed a very large group of people uh, would do it. And I think that he's the only president um, that has actually ran a company with thousands of employees. And he's had to disseminate bad information to a very large group of people without them freaking out. So um, all he did was take his business acumen and leadership, employ it into uh, government, and that's the result that we got. I agree completely. And I will say there is an art form to breaking bad news to people. And, Absolutely. Uh, I think it's it's smart to not jump on the let's panic ship you know, and you don't want to get people riled up and you don't want to create a situation. I mean, it's important to remember, too, that our economy, you know, can be delicate. And I know a lot of people are concerned about, you know, ramifications that could be negatively, you know, affect the uh, economy and everything like that. Uh, I will say that it is certainly a good time to be in the paper towel business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the toilet paper business is thriving. Yep. All right. So I'm pretty sure those folks are having a very solid quarter. 
I uh, feel that's worth mentioning. And they will continue to do so. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, it can serve as a wake-up call, right? You know, when people see all of this fear buying and stuff, it puts a lot into perspective because it makes you think, well, well, dang, you know, a month ago I could go and buy all the toilet paper I wanted and, and who bought it all then, right? So people get so worried about stuff. Brandy and I, um, when we buy toilet paper, we actually do a lot of business with Uline. And that's not a plug or anything. It's just it's just reality. Like it's we buy convenient. all of our man can boxes yeah. from Uline. Well, Uline sells a lot of bulk stuff for industrial applications, and we see the prices for toilet paper and paper towels on Uline. And we're like, wow, man! You know, going and buying a you know a thing of Bounty or whatever from the the grocery store that's like a huge cost over what you can get it from Uline. So we started ordering just bulk paper towels, you know, because we go through quite a bit. I would imagine. And I think in my guest room alone, I've got like two giant containers of toilet paper because every time she would place a box order, she would just buy the toilet paper. I've got more toilet paper I know what to do with. You got to get that free shipping, you know, you got to hit that threshold for free shipping. So I think that, you know, there are definitely two different types of people, right? I know people like this personally, that you go to their house and you're visiting and uh, you go, hey man, you got a beer or whatever. You go in the refrigerator uh, and they've got literally... Like a cup of half-eaten ramen noodles, <laughs> like a half a gallon of milk, and like a little bit of sandwich meat, and and a couple of drinks, and maybe a half a case of water in their fridge. And it's like, dude, where's all your food? Well, I buy it when I need it. Right. There are a lot of people that just don't keep a lot of food in their home. Now, it may just be because they don't cook a lot in their home. Maybe they eat out a lot, or maybe they're on the go all the time, and they're really busy. But there are a lot of people that just simply don't keep stuff in their house in terms of having any time of, of long-term food storage or any contingency to eat food uh, just in their home for a long time, right? But Brandy and I, you know, we've always been the kind of shoppers that when we're going out, if I see that peanut butter's on sale for a great price, like 30 40% off, I'll buy some peanut butter. Do I need it? No, but it's nice to have. Right. And uh, we are going to do a future podcast where we talk strictly all about like prepping and preparation and everything from disaster preparedness, but also just being ready in general, right? I mean, even the CDC. Now, look, if the CDC is saying this, all right, what does that really tell you? Even the CDC recommends that you have a minimum of 45, 60 days of food and water. Uh, you know, just in case there's a disruption of goods and services, in case there's a disaster. I mean, we saw it during Katrina. We saw it during, you know, all of the major disasters that we've had, you know, in recent years. Um, the most recent hurricane that we had, yeah, our power was out for about, I want to say about six days. And you think, you know, six days is not a, a tremendous amount of time to be without power, but it is when your refrigerator isn't running when you don't have internet, when you, you know, you can't charge cell phones. There's just like all these little things that we take for granted, right? Just simply putting our cell phone on the charge each night, taking a hot shower, uh, whatever, having a refrigerator full of food that you can just simply have access to. And it's right there. And all of these luxuries and conveniences that we have afforded to us from our modern technology, we really do take for granted Especially when you don't have it, you realize, wow, you know, that really is a modern marvel. You know, you think about how handy refrigeration is, how handy charging your cell phone. I mean, we literally are walking around with supercomputers in our pockets. This phone that I've got in my hand right now literally is a supercomputer, especially compared to like the most early types of computers that we had, right? 
So we have all of this technology and information and luxuries, right? We're literally spoiled by all these luxuries that how bad does the world have to get when it's like, oh, I have to go fear buy toilet paper and paper towels because a nasty flu bug is going around. Oh, and it just happens to be a nasty flu bug that I've never had before. But I think the reality that we need to accept is that there are a lot of people that didn't get coronavirus, just like there's a lot of people, what, 47 million people have had the flu. I mean, yep. the coronavirus is just another flu. And I'm not saying downplay it. I'm not saying don't make a big deal about it. But I think that people tend to forget that this modern society we live in is full of so many medical miracles that they're working on a vaccine. And the last time I read, I want to say that they were saying 16 to 18 months is what the amount of time it was going to take for them to work up a vaccine for Corona. Yeah. And it, and, and it'll happen. Uh, I, it's not to the point now where I think that, um, that is going to mutate and turn into different strains, um, maybe in the future. But for now, I think when they do get that uh, vaccine for it, it'll work very well. But again, we're not subject matter experts. We're just two guys that uh, decided that we want to talk about coronavirus and the impacts that it had on us personally and what we've seen. Um, and I think that you know, when you go and you go to the store and you panic buy it, people get triggered and they start buying up just random stuff. And I saw it, people just grabbing random stuff in the, in the, in the grocery store. I'm like, well, why, why are you buying pepperoni? Uh, why do you have a cart full of pepperoni? And I, and I'm, I guess they thought that, you know, it's a sustainable meat product that they didn't have to refrigerate and it's gonna, it's gonna stay good and just really random stuff. And, um, the, I guess they, they don't go and they don't, buy a little bit of extra, you know, whatever it is they're buying every time they go to the store. Like we have a really good habit of buying one extra can of whatever, just in case. So we do have extra stores in our, uh, pantry and in our basement. Sure. It's not a ton. You're not going to walk down there and see, you know, five 55 gallon drums of water with a rain cistern and all like, not, not to that point, but we do have enough to get us by for that six days that, you know, in case power goes out and whatnot. Yeah. But if you're just looking at coronavirus as a whole, um, it's going to spread. It's going to spread quick. It's going to run its course. Um, but I also wanted to look at the media as far as how different subsections of the media are approaching it. So you have one side, obviously, they're you know advocating it's a serious issue and people are dying and we have all these people that are sick and they're dying and they need help. And then you have the other end saying, well, it's not that bad. Uh, it's like the common cold um, and a very small percentage of people uh, graduate to the next step up, which is, you know, a serious issue. And in actuality, it's somewhere in the middle. It's a, it's a, you know, it is a, a disease or a virus. You are going to get sick, but it's, it's neither uh, a serious, serious issue or it's not something that we should be not concerned about. In my opinion, it's something that's like, oh, they're making mountains out of molehills. So, yes, obviously it's an issue, but I don't believe it's that big of an issue. Well, I triggered some folks with an Instagram post uh, not too long ago where I, I posted uh, you know, just some basic stats that were reported. And at the time, uh, there were 15 deaths in the United States from coronavirus, and I think that was out of 300 cases. So, yeah, if you compare the amount of deaths that – uh, have resulted from coronavirus to the amount of deaths that have 
resulted from a simple flu, okay, which the flu data is goes a long way back because the common flu has been around a long time. They, they do a very good job of tracking that. And when yes, exactly. And when you look at those metrics and compare them, yes, coronavirus does look really bad. But you have to understand that the context at the time was that 14 of those 15 deaths occurred in a nursing home, and they were all the same nursing home. So the coronavirus spread amongst those with very weakened immune systems. Right. Again, I'm not a medical uh, professional, but uh, the coronavirus seems to affect, you know, and really flu, coronavirus, any type of really bad disease or flu or whatever, a virus that requires your body to fight hard. If you have a compromised immune system uh, or if you have an immune uh, deficiency syndrome of something like that, or right. if you're older and you have a compromised immunities, then yeah, your your body's gonna you know go through a lot worse of a time to try to fight it, and chances are you know you you may not survive. And um, a very somewhat similar situation happened with my grandfather. He passed when he was ninety four years old. So yeah, if you get sick at ninety four, well, I mean, come on, you've been on the earth ninety four years. I mean, I d- I don't want my grandpa to be gone any more than anybody else would. But um, yeah, he he got sick and. Guess what? When you're 94, you're you're not a spring chicken anymore. So, you know, these 14 deaths that occurred were in a nursing home, people with compromised immunities. So far, the coronavirus um, has not really, you know, seen to hurt children quite as bad as you would really think. I was just talking so, to, to yeah, my wife a lot about of, that. A lot of young people tend to be fighting it off really well. And, of course, people with normal, uh, you know, Immune systems are fighting it off pretty good. Uh, it really is hurting the elderly. Now, there are a lot of cases, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, in China, you know, Korea, you know, over in Asian countries, as well as, you know, Italy going through a really bad oh, bout. Oh, they're getting hammered. And, and yeah, and other European countries, um, you know, and, and, yeah, a lot of elderly folks. I think that's an important metric to consider that when people go, oh, well, 300 people in the U.S. got it, but only fi- and 15 died. Yeah, compared to the amount of people that got the flu versus died from it, the common flu. Yeah, you can look at that and, and say that's a nasty metric, but we only have two months worth of data. So it's such a small data range. Yeah, it's a small from, sample. It's yeah. a small sample group. So, And I think it's un- unfair when you don't consider the metric of how many elderly people that it killed. Now, um, something else to consider is that Trump, uh, starting today, actually, the day that we're filming this podcast, he's now uh, not allowing European flights to come in. Uh, smart move. Yeah, and I think that's a smart move. You know, it's it's basically an effort to try to sort of quarantine uh, the folks out there that have it. Uh, as Matt said, the incubation period is 14 days. Uh, which that is a very long incubation period. What makes, uh, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but what makes that incubation uh, period so scary is that within four, it takes you 14 days to show symptoms. So you can come in contact with a heck of a lot of people in two weeks, right? You're feeling fine. You're chipper. You're going to work. You're doing your thing. You're, I'm not sick. Everything's cool. All of a sudden, bam, you, you start showing symptoms of coronavirus, Anybody you came in contact with, with in the previous two weeks to you showing symptoms potentially could have called it from you. So I think it's important to make the distinction that, yes, it is a pandemic. And what a pandemic means, it, it primarily focuses on how fast this thing can spread, right? Pandemic just refers to the spread of the virus not necessarily the danger of the virus, right? If there were some gnarly cold going around, you could say, oh, it's a pandemic because, yeah, you can get it easy and it spreads really fast 
and everything like that. So this word pandemic gets thrown around, and people are really scared by these these, these catchy medical words that get right. thrown around. Yeah. Oh, it's an epidemic. It's a pandemic. It's It's all of this. And to the average guy on the street, I guess my point is that those terms can be scary, and people are scared of the unknown, and not all of us are medical experts. So people are going to take that as, oh, my God, you know, they think a virus outbreak like Resident Evil and everybody's <laughs> going to turn into a zombie. Right. Or they think of all these movies, World War Z, and you're going to have, you know, fast-moving zombies. Now, I ain't talking just any zombie. I'm talking a zombie that can climb the walls and stack up and all. I mean, like, scary That's stuff. That's scary. That's scary. And people think about that. And, and unfortunately, a bit of reality plays into that because it plays into our worst fears. Yeah, no, and I think the, I think you, uh, you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on, which was um, children. It doesn't affect children, and that's pretty much the consensus that we've heard from, uh, you know, China and Korea is they've had the largest outbreaks, but it didn't really affect children uh, as much or at all. However, it made them the perfect carrier, so the children would be infected by this virus and they don't really show symptoms at all. Um, However, they're still contagious. So these kids are transferring it between themselves to their parents. Their parents are transferring it to their friends. um, And really, it's like the perfect storm. So I know here in Georgia, um, as of today, they actually just canceled school uh, in almost every single district uh, until further notice. They didn't actually put an end date on it. They just said, hey, um, we're closing school. They closed early uh, on Friday, and they said we're closed until further notice because they also realized that children, necessar- they're not necessarily affected by the virus, but they are the perfect carrier for it. Um, it's like Mother Nature's uh, perfect storm. Like, and you don't want to take it, you know, a risk with something, right? You know, to say that it doesn't affect children, I mean, obviously, yeah, children are going to get sick from it. Right, right. But I think that the more important bullet point to really push home is that children's immune systems usually are pretty solid, right? And I'm I'm sure they're fighting it off exceptionally well. And and again, I'm not, I don't want to talk out of turn in terms of trying to claim some medical professional, you know, or a proficiency or whatever. That's not it. It's just, um, you know, you have to look at it from the, the focus of how people perceive this in terms of what they're being told, right? If medical professionals come out and tell you this stuff, well, then you have to take it for what they're saying because they're the medical professional. And and that's also an interesting talking point is you look at all the different information, right? If one medical professional is more left-leaning or a certain political affiliation, they're going to try to politicize the coronavirus and say, oh, yes, it is most certainly way worse you know, they yep. use that and they kind of abuse that ability uh, to be able to put things out there and it be taken for gospel. CNN. And then the same thing goes for the <laughs> other side. You've got one side going, oh, I'm a medical professional and you shouldn't worry about it. It's no more than just a cough, like you get a cold, no big deal, whatever. So yep. the average guy, right? Girl, whoever, guy or girl, person, person average person. <laughs> uh, how do you sort through all of these various opinions, whether they be medical uh, opinions, professional opinions, or a politician's opinion, or, you know, Sally next door who's gossiping about how we're all going to die, and it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse coming out of the sky, and if you don't have toilet paper, you're going to die. I mean, how do you sort all that out? And I believe the most important thing you can do is just continue living 
how you live to get you to where you are now, right? I mean, you've washed your hands. You obviously take certain precautions. If you're sick, you know, you're careful. You you sanitize things around your home. I mean, it's just common sense type of stuff is the way I look at this whole thing. And common sense really goes out the window when you look at the totality of how these things are being approached by medical professionals, by the media. The media will never allow a disaster to go unmerit like an uh, to go without being acknowledged, right? They want to take that disaster and they want to use it to the fullest potential to drive whatever narrative uh, it might be. Now, whether or not that narrative is, oh, well, the Republicans aren't doing enough to fight the coronavirus, therefore, oh, Trump bad, right? right. So it's the Trump bad narrative. Or it's the, hey, our industry partners uh, that, you know, we're getting a kickback from, I don't know, whatever industry. Oh, let's sell some hand sanitizer and paper towels and toilet paper and let's make a big deal and let's let's blow all this stuff out and make some money. I mean, there are fiscal things to think about as well, right? There are certain companies that are definitely getting wealthy over this whole thing. I mean, if, if, you're, in, if you're in that business, you're doing really well right now. So, of course, they don't want to see the rhetoric go away because they're, have, they're showing great profits. And it's no different than when people are getting on this whole gun kick, right? Oh, a politician talks about an assault weapons ban. And all of a sudden, everybody goes into gun stores and buys ARs and buys magazines and buys ammo. And for a while, there's a run on it. And, and you're, you're getting a, a $500 AR sell for 1200 bucks because people just have to have it. Right, same type of thing. You got scalpers on Facebook selling hand sanitizer for forty bucks a bottle. Oh man, I was Stuff just like about that. to say that. Yeah. Okay. So there's this whole like sort of market that a secondary market that's sort of created out of this perceived necessity, whether or not it really is a necessity or not. And people will fear buy and fear buy, just like with the assault weapons ban, just like when there was a run on twenty two ammo and you couldn't get dang twenty two ammo and now it's everywhere again. It's the same type of thing. You're gonna have a group of people that go out and perpetuate this whole thing and make a big deal about it, and then six months from now, especially after November, this'll all be just a, a talking point that we'll be able to put into the pages of history because it's an election year. And every single time there's an election year, there's always some new dang virus they talk about. Oh, it was the swine flu one time. It was H1M1. It yep. was all of these things. It's always some new virus, and it's always during election year. Yep. SARS, MERS, yeah. swine flu, mm-hmm. bird flu. It, it is it is convenient how that always happens. And I'm not a tinfoil hat conspiracy kind of guy. Uh, but when you actually look at uh, how everything lines up, you know, you be the judge. But I did want to touch on the uh, black market um, hand sanitizer and mask because I think that that pertains to our podcast specifically when you just look at, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit. One instance would say, well, I should be able to walk into a store and buy as much hand sanitizer as I want to. Um, there should not be um, a limit on how many bottles I can buy. Well, yes and no. I think that... Um, you're trying to th- those managers or those store owners are being proactive about it. They realize that um, there's by allowing that to happen, there's going to be a black market. And like Eric said, you know, next day after the announcement, you saw all kinds of ads on Facebook and Craigslist for N95 masks marked up three times what they were. You can usually get a pack of you know two or three of those things. Uh, and you're seeing one mask sell for what the price of a whole pack is. Um, it made me sick. 
hand sanitizers. People are actually breaking them out and emptying them into smaller bottles. I mean, it's like, what's going on? And people are always trying to take advantage. And it's unfortunate that those limits are in place to uh, prevent this type of, uh, to, to prevent that from happening. And, you know, it does make me sad to know that, you know, as a, as a society, that's what we can expect to see. You know, I, I want to make a really interesting observation about the whole hand sanitizer thing, too. Okay, so I was in the store earlier. All right, and, and I'm the kind of person, like, I try to observe. I look at people's um, body language, what they're doing. You know, I look at what they have in their buggies, what people are buying. That's always like, the fun I, part. I try to sort of get an idea, like, have my finger sort of uh, on the pulse, let's just say, uh, theoretically or hypothetically. Uh, have the finger on the pulse of what's going on in our society. And part of that involves, like, people watching. You see what people are doing. You know, like, ladies have got their babies, like, super wrapped up and then get their faces covered. That's smart. You know, you you Parts obviously have a certain maternal, uh, you know, responsibility. Make sure your babies aren't getting sick. Okay, so there's a little bit of that. There's a few people walking around with the masks on and stuff. Okay, cool. Pe- few people wearing gloves. All right, cool. I get that. One thing I noticed was that, okay, yes, hand sanitizer is completely sold out. But you can't tell me as a grocery store that you don't buy hand sanitizer in a large quantity and that you can't get, like, the big old things of hand sanitizers, like a half a gallon or whatever. Right. So I'm looking at these cashiers, right, and they're handling money, money that came out of uh, your pocket. Yeah. They're, you're, you're handling the groceries, putting them on the, 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 the thing or whatever, Checking out, and then they're getting bagged, they're getting handled, there's money, receipts, all these things changing hands. Why not just have a big old thing, a hand sanitizer at the checkout, and just put a little sign that says, feel free to sanitize your hands before conducting your transactions? And that way you're at least like doing a little part to prevent that for everyone that comes through the store. Like, Or have a thing on the way out that says, hey, thank you for visiting, or even on the, the way in. Like, hey, we would appreciate it if you guys sanitize your hands before you come in our store. Yeah. And and just provide it for free. Like, what's how much hand sanitizer are you going to go through? I mean, just have a thing of hand sanitizer at the entrance to every building, right? Okay, say you, I don't know, you you own a a Zaxby's franchise or you own a Shane's Rib Shack franchise or, or whatever. Just have a thing of hand sanitizer there for your customers to use. And as long as each business would just promote you know, the idea of the people coming into their place of business to, hey, sanitize your dang hands before you come into our place of business. That would go a long way to prevent, like, spreading these types of things. And that's not only coronavirus. That's the common cold. Uh, that's the flu. And that's any other number of uh, viruses, diseases, or, or nasty things, germs that can get in your body. Uh, so I just found that to be funny that everybody's handling money, handling groceries, handling raw meat. I mean, we did. We had chicken, pork, beef, all these things in raw packages. And, you know, they're always like dripping and crap. Yeah, man. I get the bags and I always like double bag the chicken and all this stuff. And I'm always super worried about that. And then sure enough, you know, it's just why not just have the hand sanitizer where everybody can use it instead of trying to hoard it? You know, you buy a couple of little containers for the house. And then have the large containers out in public at all your eating establishments and things right. like that, or grocery stores. Well, I'll tell you real quick um, that you know my, my daughter's school did a really, really awesome job on trying to curb the, this pandemic. Um, 
normally we would take, I would drive up, I would park, I would get out. You know, you punch a keypad to open the door, to unlock the door, and you you go in and you walk through the school. And you have a lot of parents in and out of the school, a lot of things that you have to touch, and they're communal keypads. Uh, they have an iPad to check your kid in. Um, they did a really good job. They basically sent a letter out and they said, hey, uh, moving forward until this clears up, you're not allowed to come into school in the mornings or the evenings. Um, you pull up. They They will come out. They will take your child out of the car. You don't touch the keypad. You don't touch anything. You don't touch door handles. They will literally do everything to take your child into their school and put them in class. And, at the, and when you pick them up in the evening, they bring them out. They put them in the car for you. You buckle them in, of course. Um, but they're doing a really good job of making sure that all these parents are not touching the same stuff. They're not communicate like com- like these communal items. They're not all. We're not all like touching it. We're not spreading germs. Yeah, especially if there's no real reason to do that. Exactly. I think there's a really important lesson that can be learned from both children and adults with this type of thing. And it's a, it's an important lesson for the adults to teach their children proper hand washing oh, yeah. uh, procedures. I mean, there is a proper procedure that you're supposed to use to wash your hands, and a lot of people are lazy seconds. about it. 20 seconds. Yeah, Oh, yeah. And I, I use hot water when I wash my hands and good antibacterial soap. Uh, that's important as well. But, you know, just uh, – you you look at, like, the uh, the food uh, – the, I guess, what do they call it? Like, the, the service ratings. Uh, what, what do they call that when you go in a restaurant and there's, like, the, the number they give them for, like, the health inspection? Yeah, health inspection The rating. health inspection yep. rating. Okay. You go in a place and it's like a 75 percentile rating on their cleanliness, right? And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, wow, like how clean could this place be? And I'm about to eat here, right? Right. So think about that in your everyday life. Like walk into your kitchen and then assign yourself sort of a mental rating. You go, you know what? This kitchen's about 85 percent clean when it could be 100 percent clean. You know, sanitize your surfaces. You know, clean your door handles. All of those little simple things. I mean, it doesn't take a little bit of Lysol. People worry so much about this, and I'm not saying that people are wrong to, you know, be concerned about something that, you know, is potentially deadly. And especially when there's no vaccine uh, in sight for a good little while, I could certainly see where people would, you know, want to be concerned. But I think taking that concern to the extreme level is not healthy, uh, not only for yourself, but the people around you. And um, but however, be that as it may. Uh, you can't blame someone for taking the health of their family seriously and that that's what they feel like they need to do. Uh, look, if you need 30 packs of toilet paper, uh, do you. That's fine. Whatever. Like earlier, Matt was saying, oh, well, should a person be able to go in there and buy 30 packs of toilet paper? I say absolutely. If if that's what you really want to do, then go ahead. But I think also I saw a video on Instagram the other day that struck me pretty crazy. And I know some of you have probably seen it. Um, it was a video where a lady had a shopping cart with like 15 or 16 things of toilet paper in it. And this other lady, who was an elderly lady, was simply wanted one pack of toilet paper. And she was, she was, there was some altercation, but she was like, look, I just want one toilet paper. Can I not have one? And the lady like smacked her and was like, you know, oh, hoarding the toilet paper. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cruel. I mean, if, if you've got, 20 things of toilet paper in your buggy and one a person just literally wants one are you really gonna you know be put out by giving them a a thing of toilet paper so 
I think it's important for us to remember that we're still humans here. We're still all family in one way, shape, or form. Like we got to look out for other people, right? You know, be courteous of other people's needs too. You know, don't don't be a dick. Yeah, and I think that's the important number thing one too. rule. Yeah, I mean that should be like the the number one rule in life, right? It's just don't be a dick to people, and I think that it, it's important to remember that that person that you were hoarding toilet paper over and and ha ha, I've got it all. Well, you know, a month down the road when things are back to normal, they're going to remember people like you. And you don't want to be remembered as that kind of person when when society is at its normal level and they remember, oh, that was a guy that was scalping people for water and, and charging $30 a case for water or $40 a case for hand sanitizer or whatever. You don't want to be known as that guy that's the scalper because if the if something really hits the fan and it's really bad, you're going to be the first people – that are, are going to wake up, have a really rude awakening when it comes to the way the world really can be. Well, chances are, if you're in the same supermarket, you're in the same community. So you will see them again. And next time they see you, it won't be under such good circumstances. Um, and I think you hit a, a good point. You should uh, be able to go and buy as many toilet paper rolls as the, as your heart's content wants to buy. Uh, however, uh, there's also an obligation to the manager to make sure that you're a nice person. And uh, if they have to put that in place, there's no nothing that says you can't go to another store and buy uh, as many paper, or paper towels or toilet papers as you like. It's unfortunate. Um, I agree with Eric. However, uh, some people mess it up for everybody else and uh, there are obligations to make sure that the elderly can get what they want because let's face it, they can't they can't lay the smack down like they used to. Uh, so it's going to happen. Um, what I would recommend is just make sure you guys are, uh, you know, washing your hands. Make make sure that you're not going out unnecessarily if you don't have to. Again, remember, it's not about uh, the depth of uh, how bad the disease affects you. It's about preventing the spread of the virus. Uh, I, I would highly recommend... If you don't have to travel, don't travel. Again, I just canceled a whole bunch of travel plans, which is unfortunate. Luckily, the airlines are are super nice about it. They completely understand. Uh, they're allowing refunds and cancellations. Hotels are, are being understood. There's a whole bunch of trade shows in the apparel industry. I think three or four of their, the largest trade shows just rescheduled to October. Um, you're starting to see these trade shows uh, cancel uh, MLS soccer, NBA, MLB, all the major sports, uh, U.S. sports leagues uh, canceled or suspended their seasons. They're definitely not wanting to contribute to to this uh, ordeal. Um, guys, just stay safe. Wash your hands. Yeah, I think it's really important for people to remember that life has to go on, and life is going to go on whether you are prepared or not. And I think it's just important for people to remember that the world is the world we live in, and we have to react to things, but don't overreact. You know what I mean? Take care of the people around you. If there's somebody elderly in your area that you feel could be at risk of, of getting coronavirus, or maybe they've, you know, they're have you know around a lot of people, you know, it, I feel like it's, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're doing the best that we can by our elderly um, you know, they are a vast pool of wisdom and they paved a path for us uh, to follow. And it's important that we take care of our elderly. I and, agree. Uh, you know, if, if there's someone that's a family member that needs supplies, you know, 
make sure they got what they need. I mean, that's just common sense. And that's the kind of thing we would do anyway, right? You would make sure that your elderly family members have what they need. And that's, uh, you know, kind of on all of us uh, to make sure we're doing. I noticed, too, that you know, earlier the grocery store was completely slammed. And it was Friday morning, and today is Friday the 13th of Friday all days. Friday the 13th, it is. Friday the 13th, and I'm at the grocery store this morning, and it there was not a single buggy available. It was completely slammed. Balls to the walls. I'm talking everybody was in there like it was the end of days. It's not that bad, guys. Just use common sense. Uh, that's something that we're always going to preach on this podcast. Use common sense. Be good to everybody around you. You know, try your best to just be a good person and uh, do unto others as you would want done to you. I mean, that that's just really as simple as this goes. And, you know, if you're taking the last toilet paper and there's there, you've got 10 rolls of toilet paper, you know, whatever, 10 packs of toilet paper, and somebody goes and gives you that look like, I'd really like a, a pack of toilet paper, give them a pack of toilet paper. Don't be that guy. You know, it's just... It, it's just not not good vibes, right? You know, Absolutely. you want good karma. I'm all about positive karma. Everything that I do in my life, I try to think, you know, would I want someone to do that towards me? Or would I want to live like that? You know, I try to do good things for people because it makes me feel good, right? And it's positive energy. It's not this energy that you go, oh, well, I'm going to do something good for someone else because then something good will happen to me. No, it ma- it makes me feel good to do good things for people. So... I think we have to get back into that mentality. You know, all of us in America here, it's it's a it's a melting pot of different cultures, different people, and I believe it's really important for everybody to just um just be good to each other, you know, do unto others. And I think if you just have that basic principle in mind and you just genuinely care about others around you, you know, all of this stuff would not be nearly as bad. Uh, you know, it's one thing for us to be in danger. It's one thing for us to have, you know, this this viral outbreak that we're dealing with. It's another thing to be miserable while you're doing it. The end of the world. OK, let's say it is the end of the world. Well, if the end of the world doesn't have to be terrible, if you all just try to, you know, look at the positive side of it. That's true. I mean, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I mean, if the end of days is coming, uh, might as well go out and and style and be happy about it. It doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a free for all or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I agree. Um, if you see that elderly person in the store, help them out. You know, they're just not able to they're not able to be as quick and fast and nimble and strong as the the younger people. And they're not. Chances are, they need these supplies much more than you do. Uh, if you don't have any toilet paper, that's on you. You know, give it to the old person. Let them let them deal with it and, you know, go go to another store. You have a car, drive to the next store. Chances are they're not able to do that. Let them be. Help them out. I try to think of it, you know, one one day I'm going to be that person. Yeah. And, and do I yeah. want to be in a position where, you know, my slow butt can't get to the uh, hand sanitizer or toilet paper or paper towels fast enough and I'm going to get ran over. I mean, I know there's sort of that idea survival of the fittest that we all consider, of course, but we we are a much more evolved society than that. You well, know, we're, we're not savages, right? We're, we're not we're not guys with a, a bone in our nose and sticks and, and rocks and walking around. You know, it, we're not we're not killing saber tooth tigers. You know what I mean? Like it. You know, in this modern wor- world we live in, I think we have to use our brains and be work smarter, uh, not harder, and also understand that you know we can be a positive impact in our communities uh, without spreading all the rhetoric. 
so there is rhetoric in both directions, both to the fact that the corona is super dangerous and both to the fact that it's, you know, nothing to be concerned over. I think the real answer is somewhere in the middle. And uh, I think it's important for us all to take care of each other. And every man is your uh, brother. Every uh, woman's your sister. And it's important to think about it, that we're all in this together. And we've got to do our part to protect ourselves and our communities and each other. And um, and I think the rest will all just fall into place as, as, as it happens. Yep, I agree. And, you know, do the right thing. Use common sense. Live your life like you normally live it. Um, and, you know, like Eric said, um, the older people are the ones that need it the most. This, you're, you know, the younger people, we're not dying from Corona. We're getting, uh, it does affect us. The older people are, are, you know, grandparents, the elderly, those are the ones that need the supplies most. So, you know, if they're there, hook them up, help them out. Uh, the younger guys, I don't understand why we're panic buying. We're fine. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're perfectly good. Take your vitamins, wash Absolutely. your hands, wash your hands, take your vitamins. That's right. Yeah, guys, don't panic. Life's going to go on. Coronavirus or not, we're going to keep on keeping on. All right? Drop a lime in it. Absolutely. Drop a lime in it and drink it, and it's all going to be okay. Now, I wouldn't go around licking door handles, but uh, I think as long as we make some genuine effort, I think uh, the world's going to keep on spinning. Okay? Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in to our podcast today. This has been Matt and Eric here with Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. And we want to know what you think. Please go on there and give us a glowing review we would very much appreciate it and we appreciate the kind words so far uh, we've gotten a lot of nice reviews that helps with our indexing uh, let us know what type of subject you'd like to see or hear uh, in this case uh, tune in for more and this has been life liberty and pursuit your home for all things freedom and have a good day and wash your dang hands guys wash we'll see you now <laughs> have a good one all nice. right we're signing off